Alright, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 3, please. Today we're going to be uh, jumping into this series and we're going to be talking about greater love. There's a couple amazing verses in scripture that talk about greater love and, and uh, we'll, we'll read them here in a moment. But I uh, just want to uh, remind you that we have been, uh, in addition to the sermon series, we are also sending out uh, texts throughout the week that talk about the sermon and, and uh, just reiterate some of the points that we make here on Sunday. So if you want to uh, be part of that, if you want to receive that, then you need to text the church, uh, the word greater to the church number, and we will um, get you, you'll be automatically added to that list, and then you'll receive these uh, texts that come out. So if you're not part of that and you would like to, uh, you can text the word greater, and that number is to the number um, 1-833-330-0232. If you've ever received a text, which all of you should have uh, from Passion, uh, it's that same number, so just go ahead and Type in the word greater, and we will be sure to, uh, you'll be added to the list, and you'll get those texts as well. All right, John 3.16. Everyone should know this verse, right? I should almost not even have to put this up on the slide, because you should be able to recite this verse by, uh, verbatim. Now, today, later today, when the Cleveland Browns are playing, I'm not going to say winning or losing, because I've given up on that, uh, but when they are playing later today, you will probably see in the crowd someone holding a sign that says John 3.16. Yesterday, when I was watching Ohio State play Iowa, I looked into the crowd, and sure enough, I saw several signs that someone was holding that says John 3.16. I wonder if those people inside of the stadium that actually holds that sign even know what that verse says. I think some of them may. I think some of them just automatically do it because they think it's the thing to do, right? But John 3.16 tells us about an amazing event that God did. And of course, we all know this verse, but if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to John 3.16. And we're going to be reading 3.16 and verse 17. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. This is, again, one of those verses that I learned in the new King James or King James Version. So I, I often read this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Uh, that, just comes out of, that just comes out of me, sorry. But uh, the ESV says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17 goes on to say, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Let's jump back just real quickly. We're going to mention a lot more of this throughout the uh, sermon today, but I just want to jump back to this slide for a moment. For God so loved the world. There isn't a... There isn't a uh, precursor to this. There isn't a, if you do this. There isn't a, I only love this type of people. I only love this type of person. There's none of that. Jesus, the words in John 3.16 say, For God so loved the world. When you say the world, that means, I would like to think that Linda lives in this world. 
Yeah, she does, right. We all do, every single one of us. We may be out of the world in our thinking, but we all live in the world. And so when God, when this verse is read and we see that for God so loved the world, that means he loved all of us. And he loved every single person and still does to this day. Now, if you jump just a few chapters over, I'll give you a chance to turn there if you're there in your Bibles, to John chapter 15. We're going to read another story of love. So first we have John 3.16 that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. But let's jump over to John 15 verse 12. So I'll give you a chance to flip over there. So please do so. And let's read John 15 verses 12 and 13. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples, and he says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Let me read that one more time. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Jesus is giving us this idea of how are we to love each other. Now, this is, just think about this is John writing these words, because it comes from the book of John, of course, but could you imagine the disciples going, man, how am I going to love Peter, right? Peter's just, he, he's a snob, right? Peter thinks he's the best of all of us. He's out there doing all of these things. How can I just love Peter? And then Peter's probably going, man, John thinks he's the special one because his name's John, right? He's special. He's close to Jesus. And so how is he? And then James back there going, hey, listen, I got you all be. He's part of my family, right? He's, he's fam, right? He's here. All of these people, I, I mean, the disciples are, are, I'm sure, as anyone, if you take a group of people and you put them together, it doesn't always go smoothly, right? I mean, you, pay, you can take family members and put them together, and guess what? It's most likely not going to go well. My older sister's in here. You can ask her that sometimes when we were together as kids, it didn't go well. She would abuse me all the time. <laughs> Just kidding. She never abused me. Now, my cousin be abused me a few hundred times, but that's a different story. That is the truth. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so, but listen, it's, it's, God is telling us, this is Jesus giving us, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. The disciples had to stop and say, what? is this love? What are you talking about? And so Jesus clarifies all of this by saying, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay his life, lay down his life for his friends. Whoa, wait a minute, Jesus. You're telling me I have to die for John? I'm Peter. Don't you know who I am? I'm going to slice off the ear of the person that's trying to attack you. I'm going to be the one that leads thousands to Christ after the Holy Spirit comes upon me and you're telling me I have to love John? John's crazy. Then later add Paul to the mix, right? Paul, Paul throws a whole, you know, I mean, he, he takes it to another level, right? Because Paul comes and says, you need to love the Gentiles too. And he's like, wait a minute, wait, wait. We're Jewish people here. We have a hard time loving the people that aren't like us. But Jesus makes it clear, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Let's pause and pray and ask the Lord to be with us. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this amazing picture of love that you give to us, that you yourself chose to come here to this earth, chose to be among us, chose to do all of these things, and then chose to die for us. In the greatest symbol of love that anyone has ever seen before 
since and forever will. You've shown this amazing version of love that we are to be like, Father. You've shared with us what this love is, showed us how to love, given us the ability to love. Now, Father, we pray that you just help us to be those symbols of love that you have called us to be. Help us to go forth from this place loving people, Father. Help us today to learn how to love like you love. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done. We ask you, Lord, I pray personally that you would uh, be my words today. Help them to be your words, Father, not my own. And let us serve you, Father, in all that we do and say. And let us learn what it is to love like Jesus on this earth, this greater love, Father, that you have given to us. We love you, Father. We glorify you. We honor you. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, there's this amazing idea of what love really is. You know, oftentimes I laugh because I have heard uh, young kids say, Oh, I love you. The other day I was at the I was at the middle school and I'm getting ready to do bridge builders or getting ready to pick up kids and I heard what couldn't have been more than like sixth and seventh graders looking at each other and this this little girl's looking into this boy's eye, I just love you. And I'm like, you have no idea what love is. That's a song. Wait a minute, I could start singing right now, right? Uh, I won't do it though. Got to do with it. Right. That's not the song I was singing about, but that's a good song too. But there's this idea that today love is, love is just freely given. I mean, there's a love stamp in Cleveland, right? You can go up and you can stamp yourself with love if you want to in Cleveland. But there's this idea that love is, what, lo- what is love? I mean, oftentimes we think that it is based upon feeling. The earthly version of love is always based upon feelings. But here's the interesting thing. There is nothing you need to receive from, or uh, let me rephrase, let me re-say that again. There is nothing you need to do to receive the agape love of God. Today, the earthly form of love says that, hey, if you do this for me, I'm going to love you back. If you check off this list of things that says X, Y, Z, and you, you, look, uh, you look the part, you act the part, you're nice, you do nice things to me, then I can love you. Many marriages are built upon not actual love, but they're built upon how we do things for each other. She does nice things to me, so I'm going to love her. It's not built upon this level of love. See, this word love today is so difficult for us to grasp a hold of because we throw everything into the word love. It's not just the word love. Uh, it's not just that kind of love. There's, right, there's agape love. Agape love means God's love. It's the way that the Lord loved. The God, God the Father, the Father of all creation, loves us in this way. It's the greatest form of love. It's the greatest form of love that can be. We also have the city of brotherly love. Anyone know what that city is? Philadelphia, right? The word phileo comes from that, and that's what makes it to be Philadelphia, the brotherly love. There's also eros love. If you know what eros love is, every man in this room should be saying amen. Right? (laughs) Oh, come on, you guys are too... Hello. That's okay. (laughs) That's all right. Eros love is intimate love, intimacy. 
Right? There's this, there's this idea of love. There's many, there's many different forms. The Hebrew language does a much better job of describing what love is by separating love, not just saying love, but they separate it out. But there is this greater form of love that God gives to us, and it's called this agape love. What I find interesting about those last two verses that we just read is that everyone knows those verses, but do we really know what the love that Jesus is talking about in those verses is? What kind of love does it take for you to love the world? Can you just, I mean, just, there is every single one of us, if we were honest with ourselves in this room right now, has someone that we don't love. We have someone that we dislike, someone that we have a hard time loving because they rub us the wrong way. Now, I know I'm getting to some, I'm getting, I'm getting serious now. I see everyone read. Miss Tanya's over there readjusting herself and stuff like that because she, <laughs> we all have people in our life that we don't love, that we don't like, and so we keep at arm's length or we get aggravated when they do things and, and they, they, they prick us the wrong way and they, they make us aggravated, they make us angry, all of those things. And <clears throat> that's human nature. That's who we are. But the interesting thing about this is that you know that God never has that feeling? God's love does not take into consideration what you have done for him, what you will do for him, or anything that you say, or the money that you have, or the position of power you may or may not have. God's idea of love has none of that in mind. All of that is off to the side. God's love has everything to do with who God is and how he can love us. And so we have to understand that if we are going to follow Jesus, if we're going to follow God into this greater form of love, then we have to not only understand what this greater form of love is, but how it differs from the earth today, the earthly love that we see in the world around us. Love was and still is on many occasions conditional today on this earth. We place conditions on the love. If you don't say something that makes me angry, I'm probably more likely to love you. If you bring me flowers and gifts and M&Ms, I'm probably going to love you more. All right, let me be honest. I could care less about the gifts. Well, no. Hold on. I could care less about the flowers, the gifts and the M&Ms I'll take, right? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But no, the truth of the matter is, is that's how we act. That's the conditions we place on love today. Love is conditional in every form. Every, I mean, even... How much, you know, I often do marriage counseling when I talk to someone, are you in love with your husband? Well, I was. I'm not now. Why not? Well, because he did this. <laughs> now, it's, our, our mind is geared towards everything because we are, everything about us, it becomes conditional and selfish. Love today is all of those things because that is the way we are in this world around us. We don't think in the terms of the way God thinks. God thinks of things in way differently than what we would ever imagine or believe. And so we have to understand these things. But God's version of love is so much different than the earthly love. And we need to learn to love in that greater way. So let's look at this real quick. There is some things here that we need to understand. God's love... The worldly love that we see today is conditional. God's love is unconditional. God did not place... We're going to talk about each one of these, by the way. So we're going to get into each one of these. But God's love is not conditional. He does not put conditions on his love. He automatically loves us. The world today, everything that we do is conditional. 
Everything. Every type of love. The worldly love is temporary. God's love is for eternity. There's no question here that God's love is going to last for eternity. Today, the worldly love is temporary. What that means is that today, if you and I, even if, even if we don't move away from the love because we are long-lasting and there's many marriages that live in love for years and years and years, and that's a wonderful thing. But even besides that, we are bound by an age. We are bound by a time. At some point, we are going to pass from this earth. There's no one in this room that's going to escape death. None of us. And so, just out of the gate, without even doing anything, without even adding the emotions or human life or or decisions or anything into that, our love is temporary. God's is for eternity. Worldly love is selfish. It very much is. The worldly love around us will say, I'm only going to love you if you be exactly who I want you to be. I want you to act, I want you to talk, I want you to say the things, I want you to check off all of these boxes and be exactly who I am. And when you're doing that, then I will love you. And if you're not that way, then I'm not going to. I'll go find it from someone else. God's love is sacrificial. God God didn't need to love us. Do you understand that? At the end of the day, when we really look at this, God didn't need to love any one of us. He doesn't need any of us. He, doesn't, he, he wanted us. He chose us. He wants to love us. He he loves us so much so that he chose to do those things. He didn't have to. And not only that, is that he loved us so much so. John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It's nothing but sacrificial love from God. The last one that we see is that God's, the worldly love is limited there's a limit to our love. We can, I mean, again, not just in terms of years and ages, but there's only a certain ability that we have to love someone. Each ability, we learn that ability from our parents and from other people and from just experiences that we have in life. But at some point, our love is limited to who we are as a person. God's love is unlimited. He finds, he, he, he doesn't find, he knows how to love us exactly the way that we need to be loved. So let's look at each one of these separately and understand these a little bit more. God's love is unconditional. For God so loved the world. He didn't put conditions on us. He didn't say that the people that are only living at the time that this verse was written, he didn't say any of those things. All of those things was that God just loved the world. He loves you and I unconditionally. There's no conditions placed on this. The condition wasn't if you do this. The condition isn't if you're blonde hair, blue eyes, and you're this tall and this skinny, I love you. No, he didn't put any of those conditions. It was unconditional. God just loved us for who we are. Thank God that he's not like us. Thank God that he doesn't put conditions on his love for us. His love is freely given to us so that we can have it. The unconditional love means that he offers it to us regardless of what we have done or not done. He doesn't lord it over us, lowercase l-o-r-d, and he doesn't do or say, you can't have it unless you do this. He offers it to us for free. 
See, if we learn to understand this phrase, and we learn to understand that it's time for us to be unconditional, to learn unconditional love, then what that means is that we have to learn to love in the way that Jesus loves. That means that we have to learn to love people regardless of whether they match our style or not. Regardless of the people that come in and, and, and listen, there, yes, there are people that just don't get, you don't get along with, right? That just happens. That's normal life. Does that mean that we hate them and we don't love them? No. We are called to learn to love them. Does that mean that we have to marry them? No, I'm not asking you to, get, to marry them. What I'm asking you to do is learn how to love those people that are even unlovable. Put no conditions on your love. You just love them because God created them. See, I have often said this before, and maybe this is, a, maybe this is my uh, shortcutting this whole process, but there's some people that only God has created that can make me love. Me, personally, human-wise, don't want to have anything to do with them. But God calls me because God created them for me to love them. Right? Any person that God created, we should be, we should love. Now, again, I'm not talking about eros love. I'm not talking about phileo love. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about agape love. You love them for who they are. Even if you don't get along with them, even if they, even if they seem to just irk you, they seem to bother you. They seem to rub on that last nerve. They, they dress differently than you. They act differently than you. They talk differently, differently than you. We are called to love them anyway. That's what Jesus does. Jesus loves and God loves unconditionally. So it is our job to learn to love unconditional. God doesn't, didn't just love some people or the people that made him happy. He loved the whole earth. Do you understand that when this verse is being said, and even when Jesus has died on the cross, he prays to the very people that are nailing him to the cross. He prays to God to forgive those who are casting lots for his clothes. He prays for their forgiveness because he says they do not know what they do. Do you understand that? That is unconditional love. Unconditional love is giving love to someone who can't earn it back from you. But you give it anyway. That's what unconditional love is all about. And God calls us to that unconditional love. We look at this other temporary versus eternity. Our love is temporary. As I said before, we will eventually perish from this earth. And so there, there's only, at the very least, there's a limited amount of time that we have to give, to, uh, give the love that we have on this earth. God and Jesus are the only ones besides us who are reunited with him that will live for eternity and can give that love. Every single person, I should, let me rephrase this to make this clear. Every single person is going to be resurrected from the dead. Do you know that? <laughs> I'm saying this because this is, a, this is our belief docu- document. This really hit me yesterday when we were reading this. In our beliefs, we say that every single person is going to be resurrected from the dead. All of us. If you die, you'll be resurrected. You're going to have a choice on this earth to make and say, do I want to spend my eternity in heaven or do I want to spend my eternity in hell? All of us are going to be resurrected into that place. It's just a choice of where we're going to be. So we have that opportunity today to share the love that is eternally bound, not temporary, temporarily bound. 
See, too often we make decisions on who to love and what to love and, and how to act on this earth based upon a temporary status of this earth. This is an eternal decision that we should also understand that the love that we are showing to those people that are unlovable today, the unconditional love that we just talked about that we're showing today is a decision making, a process that might take them from this temporary based love that they feel on this earth to an eternal love that they get to spend in heaven with Jesus the rest of their lives. It's a grandiose, grandiose when we talk about the love that's going to last for eternity. God's love has no expiration date. The other day I was in my refrigerator and I was looking. I really wanted a bowl of, okay, I'll be honest, a bowl of Fruit Loops. And so I had the box of cereal and I went, I poured it in the bowl and I go to my, I go to my refrigerator, open the refrigerator, and I look at the milk, and I'm like, oh, I have milk, great. I open the lid, and before I just started to, to, to pour it out, I'm like, I didn't put my nose up to it. I was just getting ready to pour it, and I could smell it by then. I'm thinking, okay, I have a choice to make right here and right now. I could either pour it in, don't worry about it, plug my nose and eat the cereal and be good, Right? Or I can have dry cereal. Guess what I ended up having? <laughs> had dry Fruit Loops. Let me tell you. <clears throat> There's an expiration date to everything that's in this earth. There's not an expiration date to God's love. Jesus says that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Your decision of how you're going to love a person, how you're going to love Jesus, is a decision that will last forever. Selfish versus sacrificial. John fifteen thirteen. Greater love, greater love have no one than this that someone lay down his life for his friends. Can you imagine just for a moment? If you look at the person sitting next to you, maybe you're related to them, maybe they're a good friend of yours. If you look to them next to you, you're going to say, "I would lay down." You would most likely say, "I would lay my life down for that person." Jess, you better have said, yes, I would lay my life down for her. <laughs> you better have said that. Because if not, I'm coming off this altar. And we, you and I are going to have a conversation. No, I'm kidding. But the truth of the matter is, is that that's okay to say to each other, right? Because we, lo- we love each other. We're in this relationship. We're in a family relationship. We're married to them. We're friends. We're any of those things. But at the end of the day, could you imagine, would you die for your best friend? Would you give your life for a complete stranger that you don't even know? Would you walk into the grocery store and say, listen, I don't want any of you to die, so I'm going to give my life for you today. I'm going to die this moment for you. To no one that you know. You don't know these people. See, the idea here today is that God's love is sacrificial, and he's willing to give it to whoever will receive it. We live in a world today that is not sacrificial. We live in a world today that's selfish. We live in a world where it says, if you don't do what I want, or you don't do exactly and check off all of these boxes, I can't love you. We live in a world that makes, by the way, I mean, I could go on talking about friendships, but I can even just go to marriage. The temporary, I'm jumping back just for a point, how temporary is marriage today? How easy is it for you to go get a divorce today? It's very simple. All you got to do is go up and sign a piece of paper. In fact, they're bringing the cost down. Recently heard an article that they're hoping that they can get the cost of divorce down to less than uh, $200. 
So for $200, you can break a covenant, a godly covenant. The world has it all wrong. Sorry. All right, but listen, today, we live in a selfish world. Love is selfish. The love that we experience is very selfish. How many times have you said to your husband or your wife or a best friend or someone else that's important to you in your life and say, don't you love me anymore? Because you're not doing whatever it is that you put at the end of that sentence. You don't bring me flowers anymore. That must mean you don't love me. You don't bring me chocolates anymore. So that must mean you don't buy me M&Ms anymore, Pat. You must mean you don't love me. Here I go again. I don't need any M&Ms, okay? Just letting you know. I'm trying to stay away from them, right? I know, too late now, right? But we always put these conditions, we put this selfish nature to love. Everything that we do is about love. If you make me feel good, then I can love you. If you look pretty, I can love you. If you do this, I can love you. It's all about us. It's all selfish. If you make me happy, I'll love you. None of that matters to God. God doesn't care whether you're happy or you're angry with him. He loves you. Do you understand that? One of the greatest verses says that while yet we will, we're still, what? Sinners. Sinners. God chose, Jesus chose to die for us. It wasn't that we are perfect. It wasn't that God didn't say, listen, I'll die for those that will at least accept me as their Savior, right? See, the, the most un, unrealized, the, the unknown factor of Christianity is that God didn't wait for us to accept him as the Lord and Savior. He died for us anyway. Do you know that Jesus actually died on the cross for those that will never accept him? Have you ever thought about that for a moment? To me, that seems like wasted blood of the, of the Savior, right? Why, Jesus, would you die for those that don't love you? Why would you die on the cross for those that don't even care? He died for the atheists. He died for the ones who don't want anything to do with them. He died for the woke. Using today's terms, right? He died, if you want to go political, he died for both the liberals and the conservatives. He died for the people who are murderers. He died for those that are adulterers. He died for those that are child abusers. It's amazing to think about that for a moment because that is what sacrificial love is all about. He's not asking you to do or be something. He's saying, I'm going to love you and be sacrificial and love you to the point of whatever you need. And so therefore, I will die for you even though you may not have accepted me or may never accept me. In our minds today, we measure the value of love by how someone returns that love to us. And in some cases, that's not wrong. Listen, if you're in a marriage and your husband or wife is not returning that love, then there's probably something going on in that marriage and you should have a conversation. But our value of love for this world is called to be sacrificial. Sacrificial love is hard, it's difficult, and it always comes at a price. And that price isn't that someone else is going to pay. You can't go to someone and say, I'm going to love you sacrificially, but you got to pay the price, Pastor Chaz. Right? I'm easy to love. He's hard to love. So pay the price, buddy. Come on, pay up. 
You can't do that. Jesus didn't do that. He didn't come to you and say, okay, you can come. This is, this is one of the, again, one of the greatest misconceptions in, the, in, in Christianity, I believe, is that Jesus didn't come to you and say, you pay up and you can have salvation. No, he said, I already paid up. I already paid that debt. I've given everything that I have for you. I've sacrificed everything I am for you. So all you have to do is in return, accept what I have given to you. Accept the love that I have given to you. Accept the sacrifices that I have given to you. See, in today's world, we want, to, we want love to be, uh, our love is selfish instead of sacrificial. God's calling us to live a sacrificial love. What does that mean? <laughs> Clearly put, easily put, Love costs something. It costs time, it costs energy, it costs emotions. Some of those people in your life that you don't want to love need to be loved because they need Jesus in their life. And if you would just pull up the bootstraps, tighten the belt down, suck it up, swallow your pride and go love that person, maybe that would win them to Christ. Those unlovable people, those deplorables, if I can use that term, right? Those people are the ones that Jesus called us to love. We are called to just go and love them and be loving to them. Does that mean that we have to go along with everything that they do? No. But sharing the love of Christ with people around us is very simple to do. It's to love them sacrificially. That means that we have to let go of our decisions, our mindset that says, this person isn't lovable. This person isn't the person I want to love. We have to remove those thoughts from our head and say, who is it that Jesus wants us to love? Do you remember that phrase? The whole world? That's who Jesus wants you to love, the whole world. He doesn't put limits on it. He's sacrificial in his love, and so should we. Turn over to Romans chapter 5, verse 7. Repeating from John chapter 15, Paul doesn't want to be left out, so he brings his own dying for a friend. (laughs) Comment in here. Romans chapter 5 verse 7 says, For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God, but God, I'm going to make a shirt that says that, because that's always the case, right? But God. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now we read this verse, but God's love is really wrapped up in this one verse. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, he died for us. God's love is unconditional. God's love is sacrificial. God's love is unlimited. Human love is very limited, limited by space, time, and age. Again, on average, the average person will live about 80, I think it's 83 years old is the average age today. Um, But we're limited by that love. But what we're also limited by is the capacity that we have to love. Have you ever thought about this for a moment? Sometimes it's really hard for us to love people because we don't have the capacity to do so. And I'm not, this isn't a 
I'm going to get myself out of jail card free. But there is sometimes the capacity that each of us as human beings have to love someone. Sometimes emotions and things that we've gone through in our past cause us not to be able to love people fully in the way that God intended us to love them. Does that excuse us from doing that? Absolutely not. What that, what that causes us to do is that we have to stop and we have to ask the Lord, help us to become the person that loves like the way that you love. I've been in many counseling sessions with couples where it just seems like there's this breaking point, this, this idea of this person is unable to help them, unable to love them to the fullest extent that they need to be loved. And when I sit there and I have this conversation with them, I realize that there's something that has happened in their past or something that happened in their life that stops them short from going and overcoming those things. It's much like recovery in, in CR or anything else. There's a point that caused them to go into this addiction and caused them to fall into this hurt, this habit, or this hang-up. Just gave you a plug. Monday nights, 6.30, CBC. <clears throat> but the truth of the matter is, is that there's some event that happens and we have to understand that God's love is unlimited and so he gives us the ability to overcome those limits that we place on our love. Human love has a limit because we place those limits on it. We say, I'm able to go this far, but that's as far as I'm going to go. Not going any further. God's love says, no, it's unlimited. I can go as far that you need me to go. While yet we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Greater love is not bound by conditions, time, or ability. It is unlimited in its love. John chapter 13, going back there for a moment. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Let me ask you this question. This new commandment that God gives to us, that Jesus gives to us, why does he give us this commandment? Does he want us just to feel the love that Jesus has for us? Yes, he does. I just want to feel God's love. Right? We all long for that. We should long for that, and that's true. But there's a purpose to greater love. And Jesus spells it out wonderfully in the second part of this verse. John chapter 13, verse 35 says that by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Jesus wasn't cutting any, uh, cutting any corners. He wasn't, he wasn't, he's coming out and saying, listen, how will the world know that you are my disciples? How do you know that you are a Christian? How do you know that you are following Christ? You are following Christ because you love people in the world around you like Christ loves people. According to this verse, the world will know that we are his disciples if we love like him. Now, some of us in this room, maybe all of us, I would year toward all of us should be going, uh-oh. I've seen you in your car and how that person cut you off, how unlovable you were to that person. Yeah. I was driving behind you when you did that. <laughs> when that number one finger came out the window and you told that person, that person that you work with that gets on your nerves and you told them to go shut up and sit down in their office because they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, I heard you say that, Christy. Oh, I, I'm sorry, not Christy. I would never, Christy, Christy would never say that, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, <clears throat> Logan, I'm not going to say what I want to say right now, okay, because we're, we're uh, yeah, I'll, I, I, remind me to tell you later, okay. <laughs> there was a comment that was made before church that I wanted to bring up, but it's not the place to bring it up. 
God's love shows us how to love others so that others can know that we're following Christ. Do you know that when we follow Jesus in the way that he loves, when we forgive people that shouldn't be forgiven, when we love the unlovable, when we act out and we, and we reach out to them and we, and we go beyond the abilities and the, the limits that we have to love people, we love them, that is showing what Jesus is like. That is what we are called to do. That is how the world will know that we are following Jesus. It wasn't that we're going to have some cross tattooed on our arm, Paul, sorry. Uh, It's not that we're going to have, we're not going to wear some t-shirt or we're not going to have some special mark on us. No, it is our love towards other people. This will tell people that we are followers of Christ and therefore following him. Now, this is a huge statement, a statement that we have to grapple with, that we have to understand, because you have to, just for a moment, think about this. That means every time you act unloving towards someone, what are you actually showing them? (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. Pastor's getting serious here for a moment. If you're being unlovable or unloving to someone because you choose not to love them, what you're actually showing them is not Christ, you're showing them the worldly love, which is, this world is whose? Satan. Scripture says that the prince of the air of this place today is not Jesus Christ. The prince of the air of this place is Satan. And so that when we share this unlovable moment, when we don't love someone who is unlovable, when we don't love in the way that Jesus loves, what we're actually showing them is a contrary, can I dare say, an anti-Christ view of Christianity. So when we love someone who doesn't deserve it, when we forgive someone who doesn't deserve it, when we go beyond our limits of love and we love them, what we are showing them is Christ in that full manner and opening up to them. This is what greater love does. Greater love is the model that Jesus chose for each and every one of us to have so that we can show the world around us. Just imagine for a moment. Just take a moment and imagine if we loved our community unconditionally, if we loved our community eternally, if we loved our community, our neighborhoods, sacrificially, if we loved our communities purposefully, just imagine what would happen. I often stand up here and say, I want to turn our communities and our neighborhoods upside down for Christ. What I mean by that is I want to infect Christ. In fact, that's probably not the right word to say in terms of the day and age of COVID. But I want to bring Christ to our communities and our neighborhood in such a great way that they just don't understand and they don't have any other choice to say, it's but God. There's nothing else that can explain what's going on here. There's nothing else that can explain the way that they love us when we told them that they were crazy because they were following Christ and they still yet loved us. When they told us that, oh, uh, Halloween, you shouldn't be there, but they still gave us candy bars. When they went out and the schools and, and other things were telling us that we're crazy, but yet we still did something that was out of the ordinary and we loved them. That can change. Listen, those simple acts, a simple act of love can change a whole entire community. This is why Jesus talks about love only secondary to money. Money is one of the most common things that Jesus spoke about. The second thing was love. We have to imagine what it would look like if we lived in a world 
that we loved in this greater form of love the way that God does. Because let's be honest, that's what it's going to take for us to change this world. The world's not going to come to us and say, oh, we're sorry for persecuting you. We're sorry for saying all of these things. And so therefore we're just going to, we're here to love you. No, they're not going to come to you and do that. What are they going to do? They're going to come to you and say, this is how it is. And when we in return don't respond in anger, but we respond in love and we do nice things for them, it's going to change the concept of their mind and they're going to be blown and they're going to ask that question, where the heck did this come from? God's love was more than a feeling. It had a purpose to change the world. The only way that God could change the world was that if he loved us so much so that he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for us. Do you understand that? The world was sinners. Every since humans were involved, ever since Adam and Eve were brought into the world, we have found ways to undo the love that God gives to us. We have found some way to abuse it, to walk against it, to walk away from it. So God goes, listen, I'm going to do something so great that you're not going to be able to overcome that. There's nothing that you can do to unchange what Jesus Christ did on that cross, except for not receive it. And that would be your choice. But God loves us so much so that he calls us to have this greater love and to love a community, our community, in the same way. The truth is, is if we would learn to love the community in that way, man, that's when we start making a big difference in the community. When we suck it up, we bite the bullet, and we learn to love sacrificially, that's when God can really move. And when I believe we'll really see God move. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. You know, the average person sitting here or watching online at home will probably forget this message by tomorrow. It's one of the disappointing things of being a pastor. And I know that because, listen, I know that is true because when I come and I ask you what I talked about, uh, love. (laughs) Well, what did I say about love? Ah, that we should do more of it, right? The truth of the matter is that on average, people don't retain much of what's said. Just what happens. The reason why I bring that up is because this is true with all the words that we speak to our community and our neighbors, too. I go ask my neighbor what I said last week to him. He'd probably have no clue. Wonderful man. Love him to death. He's a great guy. He would have no re- uh, recollection of what I said to him last week. Will he remember the act of love that I did for him? Absolutely he will. In fact, he's already told me he did. See, the truth of the matter is, is that words are words, but actions prove so much stronger than words. Don't just tell someone you love them. Show them you love them. Forgive them for an action that they did. Now listen, I want to be careful, and as I close up the sermon, I want to be very careful because I know that there are a lot of people going through a lot of hurts in relationships, whether that be marriage relationships, other relationships, those types of things. And when I say this, I'm not telling you to forget if, if someone has done something to hurt you, if someone has done something to cause a harm in your relationship, You can still love them and not be in the same form of relationship with them. You do know that that's possible, correct? That means you don't go out and say, oh, listen, you're a jerk, you did all these things, and you post it all over Facebook, and you yell out of everyone. No. 
Listen, God's revenge is God's revenge. God says, leave revenge to me because, guess what? He knows how to do it better than any one of us. Let God take the revenge. You just sit back and love the way that God calls us to love. So I want to make sure I make that clear. Because what I'm saying today is that in every relationship you're in, whether it be a husband and wife relationship, whether that be a relationship with your neighbor, whether that be a relationship with a family member, love in this way, in a greater love, is what's going to change the tenor, the conversation, to be more like Christ. It is when we love in this way, when we really display to everyone else what God had in mind when he loved us. So much so that he gave his only begotten son to die on the cross for us. It's easy to say I love you. It's much harder to share and show. To sacrifice for someone. To sacrifice that love. Over the coming week, if you're part of that greater text series, you're going to be getting some challenges that I'm going to give to you. But what I want to encourage you today is just learn to love in the way that Jesus has for us. This unconditional, eternal, sacrificial, unlimited, purposeful way. I could have added words and words and words about the way that Jesus loves. But I wanted to keep him at these because this is the most important. These are the things that God wants us to learn from him. Will you stand with me, please? Some of us have loved or not loved because we have been selfish. Some of us have forgotten to love or do love or love our community or love the people around us because we were hurt. May I encourage you in this place today that when we go before God and we ask God, help us to have this greater form of love. Help us to understand what this means. Help us to have this agape love that for others that you have for us. What we have to do is we have to start with where we're at right now. Some of us need God's love to come in and heal our hearts. Some of us need God to come and heal our emotions. Some of us need God to come and humble us. Because sacrificial love starts with being humble. And so what I want to do is, what I want to ask you to do as we start to prepare to this last song for worship, may I ask you to just close your eyes for a moment. Ask the Lord right now, right here, is there a time in your life or is there a person in your life that you have not loved in the way that you have asked me to love, Lord? Is there a person that I need to go to and ask for forgiveness? Is there a person that I need to reach out to and share that unconditional love with? Listen, sacrificial love is not easy, as I said before, and it hurts and it costs something. And most of the time that is our pride and our humility. But we got to ask the Lord, Father, please show me. Show me where I need to swallow my pride. Show me where I need to humble myself. Show me how to love in the way that you have for us to love. Father, forgive me for not loving in the way that you have asked us to love. Forgive me for not loving unconditionally. Forgive me for not loving in the greater form, the greater way that you have set before us. But ask today, I ask Lord today, help us to do that. Lord, this is not easy. You know that. And so we pray and ask you right now to do that. And with all your eyes closed, 
whether you're here in this room or you're at home online, perhaps you've never received the greatest love of all from Jesus Christ, where you've received what he has done on that cross for you. If that is you today and you want to receive that greater love, it's as simply as just saying, Father, forgive me of my sins. Romans 10 verse 9 says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our hearts, then we will be saved. And so, Father, we ask you for those that are joining us today that would like to make that proclamation, receive that proclamation of love. May they just reach their hands up and say, Lord, forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for what I have done. Come into my heart. Help me to receive that unconditional, sacrificial, unlimited, purposeful love that you have for me. You're here today and you've already received Christ, but you know that that person that the Lord has placed on your heart and your mind. Lord, I pray for them to give them strength. Holy Spirit, I ask you to give them boldness to overcome our human feelings and instead be filled with the Spirit to go out and do what you've called us to do, to love unconditionally, love in the way that you've called us to love. It is not fun and it is not easy, Lord but you call us to it anyway. So help us today to love in that way, unconditionally, unlimited, purposeful, sacrificially. Help us to love in that way, Father. We love you, Lord. We glorify you. We honor you. We praise you now in Jesus' most precious and holy name. Amen. Let's worship together. He is jealous for me. Love's like a hurricane, I am extreme, bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. All of a sudden, I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory. Realize just how beautiful you are and how great your reflections are for me. Oh, how he loves us so. Oh, how he loves us. How he loves us so. Redemption by the grace which is ours His His grace is an ocean We're all sinking And heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss My heart turns violently inside my chest I don't have the time to maintain these regrets When I think about Oh, how he loves us 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 Oh, how he loves us
Jesus, oh, how he Yes, Lord, how you do love us. Father, you love us so much so that we can't maintain these regrets. And all I can think about is how you love us. We don't deserve to be loved. We haven't done anything to to win your love. We haven't checked off all of the boxes. In fact, we probably checked off all of the wrong boxes, Father. Yet, you still love and love us. So, Father, thank you for that. Thank you for giving us that model of what it looks like to love in a greater form. Help us to love in that greater form with others, Father. To love our community, to go above and beyond, to live sacrificially and love them the way that they don't deserve to be loved, but love them the way that you call us to love. Father, help us to do these things as we go forth from this place as we find ourselves in the midst of the world that we live in today, Father, help us to walk in this greater form of love, giving us direction, guidance, and ability to do what you have called us to do. We love you, Lord. We glorify you. We honor you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. Okay. Yep, come on up. We got, before you are dismissed, Pastor Chaz has something to say. Before you guys leave, I want to make sure everybody knows. Is this on? Okay. Next Sunday, we will be celebrating and honoring Pastor Jason and Jen for Pastor's Appreciation. Uh, We will have a light refreshment, finger food kind of thing after church. Um, And if you want to uh, know any any more details about it, please see my wife, Tanya, or Lena. Um, if you want to participate or do any of that, those kind of things. So make sure you come next week. Bring everybody with you. We're going to honor Pastor Jason and Miss Jen next Sunday. Close us up. We love you. God loves you. You're dismissed in the name of Jesus.